Welcome everyone to season 2, episode 2 of Journalist X Lawyer. My name is Glenn and I'm here with uh, Leo Galuh. Hi Leo. Hi, good evening. Good evening everyone. Should be good evening in Indonesia. And how about your place? Daisy, right. is it good afternoon? Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we have Stacy Lamty here. She's yeah. now based in Belgium and Stacy, please introduce yourself. Uh, tell us about your background. Your uh, what did you take up uh, at university, and what do you do now? Yes. So, hello everyone. My name is Stacy. I am a graduate. I studied international and European law at the University of Groningen in the Netherlands, and I'm graduating this year. Um, and I am also the founder of the initiative blog, which is an acronym for Black Ladies of Groningen. which is essentially an initiative that creates a safe space for black women in the Netherlands. Okay. So uh does that mean that uh blog uh is open for membership for everyone not only in Groningen? I mean uh yeah, how how, how do you define the membership then? Yes. So um initially it starts out well the idea is for ladies in Groningen but we're um ultimately it's for women in the diaspora. So mm. we're looking to start uh black ladies of for example Amsterdam or black ladies of Tilburg or black ladies of different a uh, blog but of different cities or every city has their own version of blog. So that's the goal but right now Um, it is it is indeed focused on women in Groningen. I see. So the yeah, so the membership is essentially um, it's very simple. Um, you give us your number and we add you to a WhatsApp group. That is a very yeah, that is it. It's no membership fees, nothing. And can you tell us uh, the history of Block? How did you found uh, Block? Uh, was it something very serious at, at the beginning or? or how exactly can you tell us more about the history yes so um well the reason i started blog personally was because i had heard complaints or rather concerns from some um black women in the city about how they weren't how they wished there was a community for black women that allowed them to um be themselves or speak about things that they could relate to um help each other and give each other advice about things that really affected them the most and they really didn't know many black women in the city um but then fortunately for me I did know quite a few black women just because I was um head of social so of the African students community so I uh, used to organize a lot of events for that community and in that way I knew a lot of people so um before then I'd never really considered that there were people that didn't have um that community around them or that um sisterhood around them because I know how important it is to have that um every uh, cultural community every city has a cultural community we have an Indonesian community We have a Chinese community, we have an Indian community, we have an African community. Um, but they want something for women. So um, after a conversation with the, um, one of these women who was expressing these concerns, I went home and I just created a WhatsApp group and I mm. added every black girl I knew in the city into the WhatsApp mm. group. And that's how Blog was born. 
I see. Okay, uh, Stacy, I just want to go deeper. So, talking about blog about a black lady of the Groningen. So, I believe it's uh, uh, caused by the BLM, BLM movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, sorry, Black Lives Movement, right? So, so uh, yeah, it's triggered by the incident that involved George Floyd in Minnesota. So, uh, could you describe uh, before that? kind of incident that involved with George Floyd. Could you describe whether you have any experience, uh, any unfair or any racist treatment in Groningen, Europe in general? I mean, before this George Floyd case uh, raise up. So is there, do you have any experience about uh, this uh, racist yeah. treatment? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, mm. Me, I've, I've had uh, personally a lot of because in the Netherlands racism is very different to the way it is in um, the United States because mm-hmm. it's more uh, microaggressive and it's more subtle um, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, it being very aggressive in the United States so I've been you know I've been called the n-word I've, um, people make jokes that aren't really oh. funny but then you know they like to disguise it as jokes um, mm-hmm. they'll say things like oh um Oh, you're one of the good black people, or you, mm. uh, you should be happy that you're not like other black people, and just stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's just because the Netherlands is known to be a very open and tolerant country. I'm sure you would oh. know. You know, yeah. they have this, <laughs> um, I guess, image of themselves to be very open and tolerant. So they don't mm. really um, like to accept that certain things that they do can be racist. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, how important is this uh, Black Lives Matters movement from your perspective or your from block perspective? Yeah, um, for me, it's extremely important because um, for us Black people, um, racism and the whole issue and the whole conversation isn't like it's not a trend. It's not something that we only started talking about, you know, 2020. It's something mm-hmm. that we've been experiencing for our whole lives, and a lot of other um, people of color also experience racism their whole lives but i feel like um the movements make mm-hmm. it more um i think it really puts it in the face of white people who haven't um, realized it it really mm-hmm. makes them it forces them to look at it and really um face face that there is an issue so i think it's quite important yes and um for the perspective of blog as mm-hmm. women as a black woman as a black woman sorry um i face racism but then also sexism so it's kind of, it's very important because for women the type of racism we will face is a bit different from the type that men will face because it will be rooted it can also be rooted in sexism and the guys making rape jokes and saying or oh, raping black women and stuff like this so that is why it's still important to have a, a group a safe space for not just black people but black women in general specifically i mean Okay, and uh, Stacy, uh, after the uh, Black Lives Matter movement uh, began several months ago, and uh, I think you've had a range or organized rather organized and uh, sit-in event in Groningen, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And uh, have you seen any impact on uh, what Block does these days, and also? Uh, probably you have had many discussions, uh, offline events, uh, talking about Black Lives Matter, uh, yeah. be it in or any other uh, platform. Uh, do you see any Im- impact on that? Any yes. change? Uh, 
Yeah, so before the sit-in, before we organized the sit-in, um, blog was mainly, the type of events we focused were mainly um, for us as black women that just allowed us to, you know, um, get away from the outside world and just like have fun and um, also educate people on, on things that from our perspective, so about like mental health in the black community and just different things. But then after the protest, a lot of um, our, I mean, we can't really organize events now because of Corona, <laughs> but a lot of the collaborations and the messages we received and the planning that has been done is very, very centered on um, act very specifically activism when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement in terms of uh, meeting with universities, uh, the university, RIF, or the Hansa, or um, different companies on how they can help uh, with this Black Lives Matter movement, what kind of changes they can make. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's how it has changed. Uh, that's how the dynamic has changed. And DF, uh, you know, long before George Floyd uh, incident happened, did you have any, any plan to conduct the sit-in type of, uh, you know, uh, action? Or was it just a follow-up on George Floyd? I mean, seeing what ha- what's, ha- what's been happening in the US, then you see, okay, I think Carolingan should do something and then block, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, no, I understand this. Um, for us, it happened after the George Floyd incident. And the reason is because um, this issue of racism and, you know, discrimination and anti-black violence became very, very, um, loud and a lot of people were now paying attention so we as black people and i'm sure a lot of the other people who organized protests just thought that okay this is the perfect time since people are now willing to listen this is the perfect time to speak up even louder so people um cannot say that they don't know what is going on so there were protests in um, amsterdam there were protests in Rotterdam, but then there was really nothing going on in the north of netherlands um and so it's like we didn't want to give them a chance to feel like, oh, there's nothing happening here, so we are good. You know, um, the whole world is protesting and talking about this, but there's nothing happening in Groningen, nothing in the north of the Netherlands because we're not racist, we don't have a problem. We didn't want that. And that is why we decided to organize the protest in solidarity with um, the victims in the US, but also to um, kind of like, spread awareness and like give mm. attention to um, violence and racism that happens in the Netherlands and let people mm. realize that it is a problem in the Netherlands. I see. So uh, Stacey, uh, this BLM, BLM stuff is to amplify anti-racist movement, to spread out these ideas, to spread us, uh, spread this awareness to all over the world. So uh, I would like to know if, is there any way or any step uh, uh, to amplify this uh, this awareness without using BLM, I mean, like conduct uh, international webinar or something, or maybe uh, uh, I, I just uh, for example, like oh, we want to uh, say about uh, the LGBT with this kind of a uh, rainbow flag. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, regarding this BLM stuff, is there any way to amplify more? Uh, yeah. louder with uh, without I mean this is there any way or any solution to make us make this issue more bigger than ever yeah 
Yeah, so um, I feel like the first step, as you mentioned, is to raise the awareness and, you know, the tweets and the Instagram posts and, the, oh. you know, uh, show solidarity. But that's just the first step for mm-hmm. there to be lasting change and change that is really effective. I feel like we need to look at um, and tackle institutional racism or systemic racism because that's the biggest problem we need to look at companies and how many um what does your boardroom look like are you hiring colored people do you have Mm. any asians do you have any black people in your boardrooms do you only hire white people are you giving us job opportunities you know are you discriminating against us and so it's stuff like that that we need to look at um Mm. and that's what i've been um meeting with different companies um it's like oh you want to work together and write an article but then it's like are you just writing the article because it's cool and it'll get you sales or do you really care you know and if you care show us that you care hire more black people hire Mm. more uh, you know colored people um and then in schools why do we only have white professors at the roof you know we have a diversity we have a diversity officer that is white which makes no sense (laughs) in Mm. my opinion so stuff like that um is how you can make lasting change that is really effective and not just um for the media it's not performative it's not just speaking because you want to speak it's actually Mm. effective Mm. yeah uh stacy um moving back to uh racism right um why do you think that black people often become the subject of racial discrimination uh right meanwhile we see that the asian groups like uh for example in Groningen when i was there uh for example the indonesian students i don't think any indonesian students feel that they're uh being discriminated against uh but i i think the chinese uh were more you know uh mm-hmm. prone to uh, racism yeah uh, but then other Asian students, they don't really feel like they're being discriminated against. Um, yeah. So, do you think it's, you know, color at the end of the day, uh, what matters? And uh, what other aspects do you think make black people uh, are generally more susceptible to racial discrimination? Yeah, um, that's a really good question, actually. Um, for me, I feel like it definitely is a skin color issue. Um, because uh, black people are discriminated against, not just in Europe, but also in a lot of Asian countries and a lot of like all over the world, in a lot of Arabic countries, uh, a lot of people are discriminated against. Whereas um, when it comes to a lot of other colored people, the discrimination may be less just because Africans or or rather black people don't really discriminate as much. So I think Mm. it definitely is a skin color issue, but then also I guess it's really just a historical thing because of you know colonialism and how mm. like for example belgium there's a really ugly history between belgium and kong and the congo um and how they colonized them and stole from them and killed them and brought a lot of them here so it's like a lot of people their ancestors were forced to be here and now they live here without and it's not their choice they're not in their country that they want and exactly. in a country exactly. where people hate them whereas a lot mm. of the asian students not all of them, but a lot of them come here by choice and they're here to study and they're here, you know, and they know they can just go back home and where they're loved, you know, they have a home. But a lot of black people here are here to stay because this is their home, but they're treated like it's not their home. And I think that's the difference. Um, But yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, I'm sure it's deeper than that, but that's yeah. So so Stacey, you're 
so uh, because of the pandemic, you're you've been staying in Belgium, I believe. In yes. which city? In um, well, I in the in Antwerp, in the province of Antwerp, not yeah. exactly in the city. Yeah, in Antwerp. So you're in the Dutch-speaking part of Belgium. Yes, I am. And and I've been to Brussels once, and yeah. for example, uh, if if you see that in Brussels, uh, Brussels North. Right? Mm-hmm. The north part of uh, Brussels, for example, it's more black, right? Yeah. The, yeah. And 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 the southern part is, I feel like I'm in a Dutch town, mm. so to speak, right? And why do you think, like in Belgium, uh, you know, talking about Belgium, why is there any like a separation of, I don't know, like uh, yeah. this town is is more black, and this this part is, uh, if you're if this is not the French speaking part, then it must be Dutch speaking part, and uh, it's more white, you know. So, uh, wh- what do you think about it? And, and yeah. people, I mean, I feel people should know about this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it makes uh, perfect sense just because of the very uh, ugly and racist history that Belgium has when it comes to colonizing. A lot of people don't know it, unfortunately, but um, they really have a really, really horrible past. And so, uh, um, when they when by bringing people here and you know they used to put black people in human zoos and they used to do all these things mm. naturally when uh black people or well people from the congo and started to be more emancipated and free naturally they wanted to move away and start their own communities and i feel like that is what has developed into that separation between black um cities that are more i guess predominantly black and cities that are predominantly white because um, just historically, they weren't allowed to live in the same places, they weren't allowed to you know, go to the same schools, and they had their own communities, which is why, uh, yeah, there's cities in Brussels that are way more black, because it stemmed from those communities. I see. So, uh, so Stacey, uh, until today, uh, uh, from the first establishment of your doing, collecting uh Black women, I mean black lady, in your WhatsApp group to create blog. So, uh, what has been the biggest achievement of blog until today? Um, oh, that's a good question. The biggest achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I feel like, like your memorable, like what a landmark of blog. Yeah, um, I feel like yeah, because we're still growing. Mm. Um, we haven't really achieved as much as we would like to achieve yet, but definitely the protest was a good achievement because um, it allowed people to listen to us and hear us. It was a very, very peaceful protest. And mm. so there were no distractions, no disruptions, no people trying to you know, deviate the conversation. It really allowed a lot of people, it was very therapeutic. I feel like everyone who went there said it was so therapeutic because it allowed people to share some of their experiences and really mm-hmm. dark experiences. Um, mm. And it allowed uh, white people and allies to really, really, really understand where we're coming mm. from without any distractions. Um, so I think that was a great success and a really great achievement that I'm proud of. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, this blog gonna be uh, everlasting until we do not we do not know. So <laughs> what is what is your uh, biggest goal, or maybe you may have some action plan, or what is your vision or mission? I mean, uh, talking about the future. So what is your next big thing for block? 
Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, um, we our hope is that every city will have their version of blog. So you know, Black Ladies of Amsterdam, Black Ladies of Tilburg, and Black Ladies mm. of this, and eventually it would just go beyond Amsterdam. It could be in the, an Antwerp. It can be, you know, in different countries in the UK. Mm. And essentially, the goal is not just to create a safe space, but also create a platform that will allow Black women, Black women to reach spaces that they wouldn't have reached so allow them to get jobs and you know mm. reach rooms and um we help each other with like even the little things like accommodation where there's discrimination so it's really yeah i guess the point is to create a platform that will allow black women to be heard and not silenced yeah okay stacy um i think uh, we've heard enough of block and yeah. i think it's such a noble venture that you're doing you. in the Netherlands and I hope that it the movement will also uh, you know be available uh, not only in the Netherlands in Asia the of Netherlands, but also in Belgium <laughs> yeah, and yeah. countries in Europe as well. yeah. yes yes I think uh, if you've heard about Papua for example yes. been Papua. dealing with that issue for a while now and okay. it hasn't gone and it's been amplified even after the Black, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter movement And yeah. I think the message uh, that you bring here is that yeah. discrimination, uh, well, it of course affects black people, but then uh, people from different racial backgrounds also face yeah. discrimination yeah. in many kinds. Right? Yeah. I think uh, the message is clear that we don't mm-hmm. tolerate uh, racism, we don't tolerate discrimination in any kind. Yeah. And what matters is that, if is there any tangible action taken by corporations, governments, and yeah. are you hiring people of uh, yes. color? And I think yeah. that's what we're waiting to see, right? The the action, exactly. real action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think also recognizing that you don't have to, you know, kill a black person or yes. you don't have to, you know, to be racist. You don't have to do very extreme things to be racist. You can be racist because you're just doing little, little things. Like you see their name. We have teachers that don't, Um, they'll see your name and they'll see it's an Arabic name or an Asian name or a black and African name and they'll mark you, they'll give you less grades. So it's stuff like that. And it's because of subconscious prejudice, you know, or, or, or uh, um, being immediately suspicious if a black or if a colored person gets a good grade and like, oh, did you cheat? But they wouldn't mm. be suspicious of a white person. So stuff like that. You don't have to call me the N-word to be racist. You can be very subtle about it. I think it's very important that people recognize that. Yeah. Okay. I think that concludes uh, episode two of Journal's Ex Lawyer, <laughs> Stacy Lempi. Awesome. Thank Sorry, you. Then, uh, Stacy, can you tell us your uh, link Instagram or Instagram? Yeah. Or people... Facebook, perhaps. Oh yeah. So uh, my Facebook is Stacy Lamp um, oh, without okay. the T E Y. So Lamp, and obviously my LinkedIn is Stacy Lampte, which is my full name. Um, yeah, and my Instagram is at Sir Stace. Okay. Uh, I think that's all from us. And yeah. Stacy, I hope to hear more good news coming from Black Ladies of Groningen, and I hope to see Black Ladies of other cities in the Netherlands yeah. very yeah. soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.